You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And good morning or good afternoon, wherever you may be, as it, uh, we have in the East Coast, it's just afternoon uh, by about one minute. And here in sunny Southern California, we are at 9 a.m. And uh, you are here for the next 30 minutes with me, Dr. Jeff Werber, host of Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, here on Pet Life Radio, our only live call-in show here on Pet Life Radio. And we're live and we're calling because we want to hear from you. We want to answer your questions. We want to talk about your pets. That's why I'm here because we love talking pets. And if I don't get people to call in and talk to me, then I'm just going to talk about some topics that hopefully will be of interest to you. We've been covering ground lately for the last several weeks on some of the conditions that you don't know how much you need to worry. You can have a vomiting dog where you have to worry a lot, and you can have a vomiting dog that you don't have to worry at all. And I'm just trying to help you get through what are the things you'd have to worry about and when and what to do if, and those that, you know what, give it a day, watch them carefully, not a problem. And we tell a lot by how it came on, the history, what vomited, how often or how soon after they ate did they vomit, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And after that, we've been covering the limping dog. And that's a biggie because, oh my God, I think that is one of the most over-diagnosed problems is the limping dog. So I'm trying to give you a bunch of guidelines as well to know, is this something I need to worry about or is it not? And I'm here again, thanks to our sponsors, ProSense Pet Products, the veterinary quality products that you can find in the mass market, like in your local Walmart or Walgreens or Target, and also the Kong. And we are so happy to have our sponsors on board that if you get the courage, the guts to give us a call here at 877-385-8882. Once again, it's easy. 87, it's a free call. 877-385-8882. Or just log on to Pet Life Radio and go to the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab and join in on the conversation. We will see you joining on the conversation. And if you give us a call, if you send me a, a little text, a little note during the show, we will send you out some free products, a ProSense and a Kong product for your pet. So you can't lose. You get free advice, a free phone call, free internet. I mean, come on. This is a no-brainer if you ask me. And also, it's just good to hear because, you know, I always tell, I've been doing this for a long time. This is actually my my 30th year. And uh, actually, I'm in my 31st year. That's even more frightening. And what I find is that so many people will start a conversation when they come in to see me. And I can tell just by how they start the conversation what the question is going to be. Because the truth of the matter is, there are only so many problems your pet could have. And, you know, an expression I love to use is, well, a couple of them, actually. And I use them often. Number one, if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. And that helps me a lot in trying to decipher what the situation might be and what a diagnosis might be. And that's even before I have to do one test, just merely by the history. Then another one, and, and I'm sure there are places in your locale that this would make sense, Here in Southern California, we use Malibu, and it goes like this. If you're running along the beach in Malibu and you hear hoofbeats chasing you from behind, what are you thinking, horses or zebras? And clearly, it's horses. So then I asked you, Dr. So-and-so, why were you looking for the zebra when you didn't even rule out the horses, the most obvious things? You got to go with the obvious things first. 
So after a while, you hear the prelude to a question, and they're already giving you like some of the hints about what they're going to ask because it's embarrassing because it's this because that, and I'll finish it before they even ask it. And so that's how I feel. It's why it's so important to hear from you because I guarantee whatever question you have, however weird a situation you have with your pet, there are hundreds of you out there listening that have the same problem and just are afraid or embarrassed to call in. So at the very least, those of you that have the courage, besides the freebies, is that you will be helping a lot of other pet parents with the same problems that they're having with their pets because trust me, it's more common than you think. So in the light of that, we have been discussing over the last uh, few weeks the limping dog and we've been through some shoulder dysplasia. We talked last week about hips and the importance of early detection that there is a surgical procedure that can be done that's called the TPO, triple pelvic osteotomy, to uh, sort of rebalance the hips to replace the socket of the ball and socket hip joint over the ball and um, very effective. And what it does, it doesn't allow you to breed, by the way, if you had a breeding dog and you thought that by fixing the hips, it would be okay to breed. Wrong. Absolutely not. This pet should be spayed or neutered like right away. Now, well, I shouldn't say that. If it's under a year, you shouldn't be breeding anyway. But uh, if it's over a year in a large breed, we want to wait till they're about a year of age for large breeds. Small breeds, still, you can do it at six months of age. As soon, the, the criteria are this. When it comes to the small breed, it's the teeth. And you say, what, what do teeth have to do with spaying and neutering? It has a lot to do with it. Why? Because small breed dogs typically don't lose their baby teeth on schedule. The adult teeth erupt on schedule. That One of the jobs of the adult tooth is to push that baby tooth that it is replacing out of the way. And that baby tooth should fall out. But unfortunately, in many of our small breeds, that doesn't happen. So we end up with double teeth. Well, it's so silly to anesthetize, to spay or neuter a dog at, say, four months or five months of age, only to have to go back in, re-anesthetize a month later because there are two or three or four deciduous teeth, baby teeth left, that need to be pulled. That is ridiculous, given the fact that probably, probably the most dangerous part, and I don't, don't be afraid because it's not, but if you had to say what is the most dangerous part, the most, you know, that we fear when we're doing surgery on a pet, it's the anesthesia. I mean, let's do it this way. There are more anesthetic deaths than there are going to be from forgetting to ligate or for what we call a slip ligature when you're tying off one of the major vessels. So it's the anesthesia we're worried about. So why put a pet through a situation where you have to anesthetize them twice in a short period of time? Wait until all the adult teeth are in. At that point, you can easily tell which baby teeth need to be pulled. And then you do one anesthetic procedure and you get the teeth and the spare neuter at the same time. Large breeds, a different situation. Large breeds don't usually have problems with deciduous teeth. Occasionally they will, but not certainly not common. But large breeds, based on a new study, there seems to be a very strong link to bone cancer in older dogs and early spay-neuter. So clearly there is, must be some protective benefit of the sex hormones, the estrogens and the testosterones on growing, developing bone to prevent that bone later in life from developing bone cancer. Therefore, the new recommendations are to wait until these large breed dogs are fully mature, about a year of age, before you even think about spay or neuter. More so in the male, there was a 65% greater incidence in long bone cancer in males that were pre-pubertally neutered and a 35% increase in bone cancer in the females that were pre-pubertally spayed. So therefore, no-brainer, You know, a lot of municipalities, including Los Angeles, have this rule that their dogs have to be spayed or neutered by four months. Insanity. 
And what I do is I'll write letters and they want to fight. They can fight with me, but we're not going to subject the dog to a 65 increase percent increase in uh, bone cancer. Uh-uh, not happening on my watch. Anyway, so as we move down the hind leg, we talked uh, extensively about the hips, hip dysplasia, common but usually overdiagnosed as a problem, especially an acute problem, a sudden problem in hind limb lameness slash limping, pain, etc. in a, an older dog that the x-rays, the radiographs clearly show hip dysplasia. My contention, of course, being, as we talked last week, that if in fact the current problem is due to the hips, then why wasn't this dog limping last week and the week before and the week before and the week before? Because I could bet you that if you take an x-ray of a 10-year-old dog with arthritic hips, that those hips have been arthritic for years, and yet he wasn't limping for the last several years. So you need to look for another problem, a problem that is more typical of what we call an acute onset, a sudden onset. And the same thing we have with our knees. So there are a couple of classes, times of knee problems. And interestingly, you can tell a lot by the age of the dog, the clinical onset of the symptoms, and the breed, the size. Here's what I mean. One of the more, most common young small breed problems we are going to see relating to the knee joint, the stifle, is what we call an MPL, medial patella luxation. MPL is a condition where we have a shallow femoral groove. That's the groove in which lies the kneecap, called the patella, and it slides up and down as the dog bends his leg. There is a patella tendon, which comes from the quadriceps muscle group, rides over the patella, and then it turns into a patella ligament because the patella is bone. Any structure that attaches bone to bone is called a ligament. Any structure that attaches muscle to bone is a tendon. So actually, we have a patellar ligament and a patellar tendon. The tendon, of course, coming on the upper portion, uh, originating from the quadriceps muscle group, and the patella tendon, which attaches the lower portion of the tendon to what we call the tibial crest. It's the top of the tibia. And there's a piece that sticks out of the tibia called the tibial crest. And that is where the patellar tendon inserts. Now, what happens with these small breed dogs, a number of things. Number one, the patellar groove is shallow, too shallow. And number two, the position of the tibial crest in some of these small breeds is displaced medially to the inside. So the combination of a very shallow groove, typically the edge on the the middle edge, the medial edge being very low, and the natural pull of the patellar tendon because of the positioning of the tibial crest, the tibial tuberosity, pulls that kneecap to the inside. We call it medial patella luxation. And we have four grades. And very, very common in the small breeds. We pick it up early, early when we're first examining them. We can't always predict that it's going to be a problem, but we certainly can predict the problem. How much of an issue it's going to cause, we don't know. Thus, the four grades. You have a grade one. Grade one is probably the most common, and that is where you can take that kneecap. You can, with a little pressure or digital pressure, or it sometimes happens by itself, the kneecap will pop off of the groove to a medial position, an inside position. But with a couple of steps, it pops right back on. Those are usually not a problem. We leave them alone. And that's a great one. Grade two. Grade two is where the kneecap is usually in the groove where it belongs, but it can pop out by itself. And when it does, it doesn't pop right back in. It still spends more time inside the groove where it belongs, but it can also spend some time out of the groove. Those questionable surgery or not, it all depends how much in within the grade two it is. Grade three. Grade three is where that kneecap is living pretty much outside of the groove. 
it'll still pop in on occasion. You're a veterinarian, you, if you learned how, you can push it back in the groove. But within a few steps, it's popping out again. It's more comfortable outside than inside, and that is grade three, that is surgical, and that leads us ultimately to a grade four. And grade four is where this poor kneecap has been sitting outside of that groove for so long that it develops a false joint. And you can't reduce it, push it back into the groove, the femoral groove, if you even tried. That is the ones that cause most of our problems. Now, how can you tell that a dog, usually a smaller breed, is having a problem with patella luxation? It's very simple. Watch them walk. When you see these little guys, and they're cruising around, they're having a great time, all of a sudden, that back leg, usually one of them, but certainly both, pops up. And they'll take four or five hops as they're running or walking. And then sometimes they put it down again, sometimes they don't. That is a big clue of patella luxation. As the problem progresses, especially if it's unilateral, meaning one-sided, another thing we'll notice, because there is an effect on the muscle usage of that leg, the leg actually gets smaller. The muscle mass starts to become reduced in atrophies, and you can clearly see when you're palpating, when you're feeling the legs, how one is worse than the other. Now, what happens when both are luxating, when you have a medial, a bilateral medial patella luxation, you will notice this. This is really cool. You will notice your dogs that are affected. And I'm talking this is often the small ones. It's the, the Yorkies. It's the Maltese. It's the Pomeranians. It's the Chihuahuas. That as they're eating or as they're walking or as they're doing anything, you'll notice that they're putting way more weight on their front legs. So much so that sometimes it looks like their back legs aren't, are barely touching the ground. And that is a huge clue that we are having some kind of hind limb problem. And as I said, unlike the arthritis, the arthritis conditions that happen in bigger dogs or even smaller dogs that have them, when they're older, this is something that you're going to notice in your young dog. So it's a young dog condition. It's often chronically progressive. And you're going to either see hopping. You're going to see if it's unilateral, one-sided. If it's bilateral, two sides, you're going to see them putting a lot more weight on their front limbs. This is definitely reason to go see your veterinarian and have these evaluated. Don't wait too long. I'll tell you why. It's a very surgically correctable problem. If you wait so long that the muscle atrophy progresses, that the post-operative rehab period is going to be extremely challenging for both you and your dog. So it's something that when you see it, if it's diagnosed, if it's a grade two and a half or more, I highly advise surgery. They do so well after surgery. And not only that, what happens when we have a bone-on-bone situation? Bone-on-bone rubbing over time causes what's called an osteoarthritis. The longer we allow this to happen, the worse the arthritis is going to be. Conversely, the sooner we get to put that kneecap back in the groove where it belongs and to keep it there, then we are going to slow down, if not prevent, the ultimate onset of arthritis. So it's very important to, when you see this in your small breeds, get them to your veterinarian, make a diagnosis early. And we have more to come back. We have some other growth diseases before we move on to the injury condition that often happens, usually in the bigger dogs. And we'll talk about that when we come back after our break. In just a second, you're here with Dr. Jeff at Asavet with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. It's dinner time in America, where more pet parents trust PetSmart for natural and expert recommended foods than any place else. 
And now, we've added more than 100 new varieties to our already wide selection of your favorite brands, like Simply Nourish, Authority, Wellness, Science Diet, and more. Do what's best for your pet. At PetSmart, happiness in store. Go to PetSmartDeal.com to find out this week's coupon code and save up to 30% on food, treats, toys, and more. And get free shipping on orders of $49. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. I'm home. My hair looks cute. Now what? Bringing home a puppy or new dog is exciting, and he's depending on you to keep him in good health. Dogs need special care to keep them healthy as they grow throughout their entire life. Caring for their health is critical in all stages. With ProSense, it's simple and convenient to give your dog the care it needs with effective and quality products that treat, prevent, and provide essential daily vitamins and minerals. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. Hi, this is T.O.D. Anderson, and I'm the host of Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. We're going to talk about a variety of topics on canine behavior and training, all based on modern methods that are fun for you and your dog. We might be talking about other critters, too. So join us on Get Positive Results. We'll talk about common issues between you and your dog, answer your questions, discuss different activities you can do with your dog, and keep you posted on current canine news and products. All this on Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back here to Pet Life Radio. We asked the vets with Dr. Jeff. I'm your host, Dr. Jeff Werber. And uh, during the break, we did get a, a email. See, very easy. And it's from Sarah. And we're going to talk to Sarah in just a second about her dog. And it's perfect question because where I was going with this after talking about media patelluxation, usually younger, smaller dogs, pretty much congenital problem. The only other growth-related disease I wanted to talk about briefly, it's just one of the other joints that can happen is the, the hind end, and that's called OCD, and not obsessive compulsive disorder. It's osteochondritis desiccans. It can happen in any joint, much less common in the knee joint, but you, it's something we always have to look at. And again, an x-ray can show. What we want to go to, and I'm so glad that Sarah had uh, spoken about this, I'll read it to you. It says, um, hi, Dr. Jeff. Speaking of knees, my golden noodle is having knee problems. She had x-rays and was wiggled. Her knee was solid, but the joint was swollen. Right away, the vet said ACL, that's anterior cruciate ligament. Actually, we often call it a CCL in dogs, cranial cruciate ligament. Let's do surgery. Without the movement in the knee, which I'll talk about in a minute, I'm afraid to spend money for surgery for something that might be arthritis. So, and to make that, and this is this happens so frequently. Sarah's daughter had ACL surgery about a year ago, and how often do I I make a diagnosis of like diabetes or something or or Addison's disease, and the owner says, "Oh my God, I have Addison's, I have diabetes." So, 
For some reason, we, uh, I think dogs mimic us. They don't want us to feel badly, so they come up with the same problems that we have. But anyway, one of the things that, that we want to talk about is the larger breed, Golden Doodle fits the bill, typically an acute onset. And I, I, I'd like to talk hear more from Sarah about this. But an acute onset is where literally it happens. They're out playing. Sometimes you're actually lucky enough to hear a yelp, a cry, some sort of vocalization when it happens. And that's when that you're definitely clued in to this problem. Next thing, you're going to see the dog clearly favoring the leg. I mean, this typically active dog is not going to want to put this leg down. And um, the first thing you think about when you have an acute, sudden onset injury, often preceded by a yelp or a scream, don't want to use a leg, large breed. I mean, it is, until proven otherwise, it is a cruciate ligament. But we don't do surgery based on that. We need some clues to determine surgical uh, need. Now, I will tell you, and this is for you too, Sarah, that if in fact this is cruciate, surgery is the only treatment. Unlike people, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but if a person stands up and you look at the body position of the distal limb, the leg, and how many bends, natural bends, angles does it have? when we are standing erect. So the hip, ah, that's straight, that's perfect. The knee, ah, that's straight, that's perfect. The ankle, the equivalent of the dog's hock, ah, that's got a 90 degree bend. And the metatarsals joint and all the little phalanges and digits are again all flat on the ground. Meaning there is one bend and only one bend at the ankle in the entire limb. Dogs at rest, however, if you look at a dog, ever look at a picture of a dog's skeleton, there's a bend at the hip, a bend at the knee, a bend at the hock, a bend at the toes. So even at rest, they have bends in every one of their joints, which puts undue strain on this joint that badly needs that cruciate ligament. So it is a surgical condition. Now, it may not need surgery right away because a lot of times we will have what's called a partial tear. The initial pain, and this is for you, Sarah, the initial pain might be why there's limping and swelling, but as long as there's still adequate ligament that is functioning, maybe your doodle can get lucky and not need surgery. Why I say maybe because I know doodles, I own one. They are very hyper, very active, just like my two Labradors. And clearly a ligament that say at only 80% is not going to be as strong as the one at 100%. So it's going to be something that we're going to need surgery ultimately, but x-rays are important. Not only looking for that wiggle, we call it an anterior or cranial drawer sign, which is, I'm sure, what your veterinarian was looking for. If that's not there, there are still other clues. Number one is called a tibial thrust, and that's something your veterinarian can do. And number two is what we call joint effusion. When those fibers tear, even though they don't have a great blood supply, they do bleed. And that bleeding sort of goes into the joint space, and you can see it on x-ray, especially when you compare it to another, the other leg and the other side, and you can see evidence of what we call joint effusion. If, after all this, there is still confusion, then a bone scan could be done or an MRI could be done, which will clearly, clearly elucidate the problem. So I understand the trepidation, the fear of not jumping into surgery, especially if it's not going to work, but it is something that we really need to consider in this case because if she had that acute sudden onset, she's not using the leg. You can, always, you know, you can also wait till the swelling can go down. There are anti-inflammatories that can be done. I would highly recommend maybe some laser therapy. Let's get this swelling down. Let's see how much of the current limping lameness is due to swelling versus due 
to the actual injury itself. So there's no immediate rush to surgery. And I, I'm going to underline that word, immediate rush. And as with the knee, the patella problem in the small breeds, there is a concern if you wait too long. And that has all to do with the muscle mass atrophy because of lack of use. We call it disuse atrophy, not to mention the onset of more arthritis in the joint. But I will tell you that, you know, the question was, you said, is this, you know, could it be arthritis? Arthritis could be there for a long time, but it's rare that the clinical presentation is sudden. So if this was a situation with her where she was out playing, running, and all of a sudden comes up lame in a day to the point where she wasn't this lame two days ago, four days ago, a week ago, two weeks ago, then it is an injury. It is an insult, an event that happened. And again, I would say that if there is a fusion and joint swelling, that's a possibility. Now, other things that can be done is a joint tap and has to be done by your veterinarian under extremely sterile conditions and that a needle can be inserted into the joint space. Some of the joint fluid can be removed and evaluated. It could see if it's bloody, it could see it's a severe inflammatory condition or other things. So that too is something that can be done if the joint remains swollen and painful. Anyway, I want to thank Sarah. Sarah, we're gonna, I'd like you to stay tuned next week because we're going to talk a lot more about the ACL, the CCL. It is a, an extremely common injury we see, large breed, active dogs, especially dogs that have humongously muscular thighs and legs. And they just, the knee, because of, the, again, the way they're built, just can't keep up. And because of the way they're built, typically there needs to be surgical intervention if, in fact, it is a cruciate ligament tear. So we're going to keep you hanging, but thank you so much. If you could send me to Dr. Jeff, Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com, your info, we're going to get a hold of you so we can send you out some really cool products from Kong. I'm sure she'll love that and ProSense. I want to thank you all for joining us here on Pet Life Radio. Zassi Beth with Dr. Jeff. I'm going to be here next week. And in two weeks on the 5th, I have Dr. Heather Lenzer, a guest that I've had before, is going to be returning onto the show, and we're going to be talking about pet peeves. So um, anyway, thanks for joining us. Have a great week. I'm Dr. Jeff Werber, and uh, we'll see you next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.